Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Welcome to the 88th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. Some may know me as seasonal DJ, DJ Father Christmas. Not this year, unfortunately, but uh, in my heart, I will always be that man. Uh, We are here concluding our Pizza Dog Chronicles review series of Hawkeye. Uh, that's right. Episode six. So this is Christmas. Uh, joining me this week is a man I would normally consider my friend. But this weekend, we are sworn enemies in the pop break fantasy football league playoffs as my team, the Orange Cassidy's, takes on Al's team, the rest of the Chiefs, in a game called, hey, do either of these guys have a team to field? The answer? Probably not. Um, listen, I'm just hoping for Amon Ross St. Brown to kill it again for me. Um, hey, Al, what's going on? Hey, Al? What's going on? I, Al, I forgot this. That in quotes. I forgot this turned into a uh, football podcast uh, a while back, and I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, yeah, the rest of the Chiefs, the rest of the Chiefs that have COVID, because I have uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, who are oh, both no. on the. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have. <laughs> I wish you did. Yeah. You also have Harrison Butker because I mean, no, no, I, I have a suck up on both both leagues. He's he's the only non hurt player on the uh, on the Buccaneers at this point. <laughs> They've lost half their team. So yeah, no, I'm uh, yeah very excited to kick your ass this week, and um, like we will also like we, like we will very very happy and excited for Christmas. I'm rocking my. Uh, um, I must stop. I must find a way to stop Christmas from coming a uh, Grinch t-shirt that um, I've had for about a decade. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to open gifts with my kid, uh, open some gifts like this early gift that I got in the mail, which is a, a nice new microphone. So hopefully whoever's listening to this, uh, here's the sultry tones of Mr. Al Manorino, who is in the building, but enough about me. We have two guests, uh, two past guests, two returning guests, Well, one of them is our resident guest for the series. He's returning this week. Of course, he is a senior writer, writer, editor, and photographer for thepopbreak.com. He's also a writer of film and television for Substream, where you can check out his reviews of Hawkeye as well as Spider-Man No Way Home. He is one of my favorite writers. Mr. Majani Rawls, what's going on, buddy? You're too kind. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. It is very good to be back talking about the finale Talking with you, good people. Yeah, way, way to kick off the uh, the holiday weekend, huh? It definitely is. Yes, you are listening to this on Christmas Eve. We recorded our season finale, which airs next week. We recorded that already. Al and I, for the first time ever, ahead of the game. That episode, a complete train wreck. Um, it's twenty minutes of us producing next year in real time. Uh, but joining us, making his re- return. You know, he had such a wonderful debut. In uh, episode uh, for the episode four review, actually the initial piece of Dog Chronicle, because we forgot to name the episode, the review series, Um, Mr. Tyler McCarthy, the most Irish man I've ever met. Uh, I was listening to Irish Christmas carols on Spotify today. and I'm like, man, I'm really Irish. Then I'm like, you know who really is Tyler McCarthy? It's true. It's true. I'm here in my leprechaun outfit, really excited to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> Hawkeye, the series fin- or season finale, rather. Hopefully, not the series finale. We will find out. Yes, and I'm glad to rejoin. I'm glad to rejoin you guys, especially for this, especially for an episode that has 
so much uh, uh, connective tissue to my favorite of all the Marvel things, Daredevil. I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but you come on. You just hush your butt. We're going to get there. Don't you worry. So we are going to get into the episode. And of course, this is the part of the episode or I'm reading from Wikipedia. So yeah, I, I sang, but I made it a lot shorter. This is the Wikipedia plot summary reading part of the podcast for episode six. So this is Christmas. Um, as Eleanor meets Kingpin to break off their partnership, uh, Barton and Bishop watch a recording of them and learn that Eleanor killed Armand and framed Duquesne. On Christmas Eve, Barton and Bishop attend Eleanor's holiday party where Bishop confronts her mother and learns her father owed money to Kingpin, leading to Eleanor working with him. Kazi attempts to assassinate Eleanor on Kingpin's orders, but targets Barton instead. Barton enlists help from Grills, the LARPers, and Duquesne to evacuate the party before rejoining Bishop to defeat the tracksuit mafia. After Maya kills Kazi, Bishop attempts to look for Eleanor while Barton is confronted by Yelena, who demands the truth of Natasha's death. They fight but he reminds her of his friendship with Natasha and her sacrifice to save the universe. Yelena spares him and leaves. Kingpin tries to stop Eleanor from escaping, but Kate arrives and incapacitates him, incapacitates him with Barton's trick arrows. Afterwards, Eleanor is arrested by the police for Armand's murder. Kingpin escapes, but is confronted by Maya. The next day, Barton returns to his family with Bishop and Lucky. I'm sorry, he's Pizza Dog. Uh, returns the watch to Laura and burns the Ronin suit. So, this was the longest. We came off the shortest episode last week. We are now in the longest episode. Guys, let's get into the bullseye section of the podcast where we talk about the thing that worked best for us. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. Uh, Tyler, what worked best for you in this episode sure um i was thinking about this earlier today and i think it's definitely the the moment where kate decided to arrest her mom the moment where kate decided to, and i know that seems weird because that was a real bummer of a moment to happen on christmas and to see kate experience such heartbreak but i think the coolest thing about this whole series was seeing the kate bishop origin story and what you got in the first part of this episode when they're making trick arrows and all of that, you got Hawkeye once again saying, there's a cost to this life. Um, and you got her explaining to him that there's also a reward to this life and that's inspiring people, that's doing the right thing. Um, Kate got her start. She became this remarkable person and got all these skills because she wanted to protect her family. Then she meets Hawkeye and understands the value of, you know, being a hero, living this life. And so when she realizes that her mom is not exactly on the side of the angels, she has a choice to make. Follow her mom down her path and like the convenience of villainy, like her mom joined Kingpin to pay off her, her father's debt. But then she stuck around because there's a convenience to villainy and it funded their life. So she decided, you know, in that moment, what do I do? Do I follow my mom or do I pay the price of being a hero and turn her in? And that, I think, when we look back is going to be the real Kate Bishop origin story. That's the moment she decides to be a hero and not, you know, she, she, she opts for 
the cost of being a hero and not the convenience of villainy and following her mom. And that's huge, especially if Kate Bishop is going to be this important figure to the MCU going forward. So I, that's that narratively, although the moment was a bummer, that's my bullseye. That's it's the completion of Kate Bishop's origin story. Or Johnny, what was your bullseye for this episode? My bullseye is basically is how the Clint and Kate relationship of mentor mentory came uh, came around in full circle, where like at the very end, where he like he finally acknowledges acknowledges her as a partner, and she's like pitching all these names to to him, which is funny. Like it's kind of like a lethal weapon kind. Kind of thing. It was just like, hey, how about Lady Hawk? And he's like, no, no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like the the Riggs and Murtaugh thing, and um, the final action scene. It was just beautiful, like seeing them in action together against tracksuits, where Clint is just kind of like this beaten down, dragged down person from you know from Endgame and Natasha and everything that nature. And then seeing them together fight together and him finally kind of embrace it was a beautiful thing. Cause like he tried to resist. He tries to, he tries to like say like, you can't be a part of this life, but like going back to like what Tyler saying, like Kate's journey as, you know, Eleanor saying, don't be a superhero. You know what I mean? Don't be a superhero. Like, Every single, it felt like every single episode and her finding, you know, finding her path to choosing her path despite her mom, everything came full circle. And it made, you know, like this whole series made Clint interesting, uh, despite what the uh, what the musical says, where he's like, ah, he's and, and Clint is here. He's a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, their whole journey and then the intersection of it was beautiful for me. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just before you go on, like the fact they got the original Roger from Rent to be the lead yeah. guy. Because I'm listening to this, I'm like, that guy sounds like. Because listen, I did theater in high school, so the Rent soundtrack was on all the time. You know that song with all the minutes and seconds. Yeah, that's yeah. how often that's goddamn soundtrack was on, which is great. But it's when you keep hearing it. Um, I'm just, I'm like, man, that sounds like Roger. And then I'm like, <laughs> sure as hell is. So. Fun fact for all you Broadway kids out there. <laughs> we all age that well. Truly. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I'm way younger than him. And as Gray, I look horrible. <laughs> Feel worse. Um, bringing this podcast down. Um, Al, your bullseye for the episode. This is tough. I mean, Tyler and MJ both said two great examples, but I think because of this, this was a longer episode. It was jam packed with a lot of different bullseyes, if you will. I think my favorite and probably the most important is the introduction slash reintroduction of Kingpin into the MCU. Uh, the it's crazy that we live in a world where this is happening, where, you know, when Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin first introduced in the Netflix daredevil series, that, that whole world was you know kind of created separately there was almost like three or four different worlds that we were living in within the mcu we had the marvel studios movies and then we had this tv universe that uh jeff Loeb uh kind of created with agents of shield on abc 
And then we had the Netflix shows, uh, the defenders, and we got a very incredible show out of it um, with daredevil and even an even better performance from Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin who like, um, you know, JK Simmons, like people were like, Oh, this is the character. Like they, he nailed it. It's like, it's like dream casting at that point. Um, so for them to acknowledge that for the, them to acknowledge all the work that was put into those Netflix shows, um, is great. And I'm glad that they were able to recast them, but, but you know, people, I think, uh, you know, not a lot of the diehards really understand that those shows did take place in the MCU. They were just not really acknowledging each other. If you go back and watch those shows, there's references to the attack on New York, um, the Hulk destroying Harlem, um, you know, plenty of like little, you know, Easter eggs to show that, yeah, we're the Avengers exist. Like we know it, but you know, we're just street level. And then on the flip side of that, the MCU really didn't, acknowledge it at all they were really separate um for sure so um now that um feige has control of tv he can kind of do whatever he wants and you know pick and choose i think we're going to see more of um that world come into play i think they would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't bring back like john bernthal as the punisher another kind of perfectly cast person uh kristen ritter's uh Jessica Jones, basically everyone but Iron Fist, I think is going to be what everyone is saying at this point is just like, you could change that or, you know, bring in, um, was it Jessica Chadwick? Mm-hmm. Jessica, Chadwick. did I get the last? Yeah. Like bring her, like leave, leave Finn. <laughs> Nothing against him. I, I thought he was okay, but I think people just hated that show and they had every right to, it's not good. It's a very I bad guess. show. A stunt coordinator, coordinator came forward recently and was like, Jessica Henwick wanted to do like, all Henwick, of the sorry. training and all of this to do the fight scenes and Finn Jones was there and it's like <laughs> Iron Fist you get to the Iron Fist go yeah. to the fight training I just I just don't understand why looking back like in hindsight they're like we should take the guy who like ruined Dexter and just bring him over to ruin <laughs> the, the defenders <laughs> the Iron Fist and the defenders yeah. Um, but yeah I think the bullseye uh, is is it's kind of just it just opens the world it's so I'm, and bullseye literally you can bring in bullseye <laughs> um yeah no i'm excited and they should so i'm i'm feeling so vindicated because i was such a fan of daredevil the defenders this is i'm so glad to be here to talk about it but sorry yeah bill it's your turn i mean i uh i also want to shout out uh vincent d'onofrio's like holiday wear i Love really it. i really enjoyed like you know maliki uh i fucked it up i couldn't say the the hawaiian theme song uh i liked his like you know surf casual kingpin <laughs> when it was cool he had, the, he had the little he had a little hemp necklace going on i was like brother i felt I, my high school me felt that uh but for me the the bullseye you know it was the yelena kate fight i love that because it was it was hilarious and it um last episode i was uh uh, podcast editor Alex Marcus and I were talking about it. it's like you could go two ways with Yelena and Kate is is this the Thor Loki relationship or is this going to be like uh, Cap and Iron Man like they're like you know is are they going to be adversaries and sometimes partners or are they going to be partners and it's kind of always butt heads um, because they're great together and it's like it should not work because it's just like they just stop and have these comedic like moments together and they're like oh, 
there's people shooting each other. Like there's a guy with a sword on the street. Well, actually it fits because of the sword on the street. Actually, I do love that too. Uh, but he just comes out and just starts murdering people with a sword that um, on the street it was great, but their fight scenes were intense. They were really, really well done, but they never lost the humor in it without ever going. I, I would say sometimes I'm a little more of a harsh critic of Marvel when it comes to our humor sometimes where it goes too much and you're like okay now you're taking us out of it and you're just too wink nod hey fourth wall wink wink and you're like i get it this was just like them fighting and letting their personalities come at when yelling is like she's like you're so likable she's like i know it's my thing and you're like that is her thing like yeah, it, did, it didn't really seem like they wanted to hurt each other either no like, and they were like cool. <laughs> yeah it was like they were supposed to a fight yeah they were like complimenting <laughs> each other they're like yeah you did the thing that was good with the you know and i was like ah, it's just like Yes, that's that, like you were mentioned lethal weapon for him. Like, yes, that's the lethal weapon team I want to see. Like, give me this tango and cash right here. I am ready to tango with this cash. It's amazing. And I, I love that they both ended later in the episode. We had these like these these lighthearted moments between them. Um, and a lot of moments that mirrored each other, like they both end up out of their their suit to reveal their like superhero outfit. They both land in a superhero pose but they both end in a very, uh, very sad note. Well, Kate is a little more uplifting, but they both leave New York on very sad notes. You know, she, you know, Yelena with realizing her sister, which she, she knew, and she just didn't want to admit that Nat would sacrifice herself. She almost did that in black widow to save all, all the, all the women in that program. And then of course, Kate leaving with doing the right thing to save her family and just be like, we can't do this, mom. We're, this is uh, what we're doing. It's like, is this what a hero does? And it's like, yeah, it's what a hero does. They do the really shitty things. They're not supposed to, not the convenience of being a villain. So for me, well, ask, yeah, ask Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, spoiler. Yeah. I didn't see the last one. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you think it would have been overkill if um, at the end, Yelena was with them as well? I thought she was going to end up being with them. I think it might've been. Yeah, because they'd be like, "Hey, it's Christmas. Hey, Elena, you want to you want to come over?" <laughs> Listen, well, yeah, it's them, but it's I don't want to. I don't think I want to see Elena married to the next time we see Kate Bishop and Hawk or Clint Barton because that could be a while. Um, it could be. That's, that's kind of meta gaming, so I don't know. It, it, that's it, true. It, it, I, I saw a lot of. I saw a lot of love. Sorry, what were you gonna say? I think that would have been like too convenient. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would have been mm-hmm. nice, but at the same time, it's like I don't think she like Maya's so betrayed by everything that I don't think she has that connection to Clint and Kate. She was trying to kill them and they were trying to end her. So I don't think she's like buddy, buddy with them yet. I thought the Kazi stuff was really, that was really heavy when he said, I can't walk in both worlds. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, oh you're dead pal. You couldn't even make the show. Uh, <laughs> I thought he would be like a villain in the, sh- the series. And I'll be like, all right, he'll be. I like him. He's good in the series. Nope, you get an arrow right in the gut. Oh, uh, but he was the king of like taking on people he obviously can't beat in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Getting his ass kicked. He's really good at it. Except he caught an arrow. That was surprising. It's like, all right. I was. That's why I thought he was going to live. I'm like, all right. Maybe he can survive. Maybe somehow he becomes bullseye. I don't know. Like, listen. No, because if if it just it, once you knew that he was responsible, yeah, he had to go. for her, you know, basically selling him selling him out. 
he was out. He was gone. There's no way she was going to let him live. Nor did he want to really. Nah. Yeah, like even she was like not trying to do it. Like she's like, let's let's escape this. Let's go away. And yeah. he's like, dude, I I can't. Like <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's- he's like, you need to kill me. Uh, did you see my boss? Like I, I can't leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he will throw me through a store. He will he will dress me in Tommy Bahama and then drown me in it. Um, I'm going to keep bringing that up. Uh, so I let's. Don't know how I good. feel about the Hawaiian shirt because it was like if you if you watch Daredevil, <laughs> Kingpin is like this high class kind of a list guy. Yeah. Just see him like fun uncle. I was kind, it was kind of jarring. So wait, I'm glad I'm I'm glad you brought that up. It's I'm like gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. 24. Hold on, I'm glad you brought that up. Sidebar, while you're grabbing whatever you're grabbing, I just want to point out the cufflinks are a very important plot point in Daredevil. That said, who the hell owns a long-sleeved Hawaiian shirt? Anyway, continue. (laughs) Someone who's who's got a lot of muscles, apparently. Okay. So so, so there was like a... Someone was saying that like, oh, he wasn't playing the same version of the character. Like he wasn't playing the, the, um, the Marvel Netflix version of it mm-hmm. and so from the man himself he tweeted he tweeted a reply he said trust me in hawkeye i'm playing the character as if the character from daredevil survivor of the blip is now set on getting back his city the blip weakened his crown his authority over his kingdom now he wants it back he's in damage control mode so wait who tweeted uh, this denafrio I mean, only, of course he would say that. Of course. Also, he also did an interview with Entertainment Weekly where he said the same exact thing, similar mm-hmm. thing where he said, I am, I am still playing the childhood trauma that was established in Daredevil. That's all still in this performance. So yeah. Who knew, See, who knew all of that would manifest into like mm-hmm. tropical leisure wear? See, yeah. here's a, a, that's the thing that I really love about Phase 4 so far. Yeah. There's consequences about the blip everywhere. Like like yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, there was like these like land oh, fights and terror ter- terrorism. Uh, well, Wanda, she basically is engulfed in grief to the point where she makes a fictional <laughs> plus <laughs> like, Monica town. Monica's whole story and Mon- yeah, and Monica lost her mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the blip and what happened with Endgame is all over. And I think that was one of the criticisms that like Marvel went on too fast from like tragedy and stuff like that, or didn't have enough. It's everywhere in phase four, even yeah. in Eternals, but like, uh, like <laughs> even in Eternals, like yeah. there's consequences everywhere. And that's, I love it. Like, I, that's mm-hmm. why I'm loving like phase four so far. Uh, the only one that really didn't deal with the blip, correct me if I'm wrong is, well, it, it sort of does is Loki, right? Because he, that happens like right after first Avengers. Yeah, no, the, the, it, that's a consequence of what happens in Endgame, not necessarily what the blip caused. Because I don't yeah. think do they did they make any mention of the blip fucking up the multiverse? I don't no, think they did. The, the blip Loki left time. <laughs> yeah, uh, air quotes uh, before the blip happened. Yeah, yeah. and so then he, I think he saw. Been- then he saw like the version that dies in. Endgame. Yes. But the blip has nothing to do with the end. Yeah, the, Loki. yeah, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, all. Okay. With all right. So TVA. Yeah. You're right, Bill. Okay. Just, I just curious. Hey, I'm right. 
Yeah. So, check so, out my so, series. Check out my podcast yeah. series next year, where I have to watch all the Marvel movies I didn't watch. That's really <laughs> happening. It's called Bill. Rich shows. I, I would. I would throw shows in there outside of Agents of Shield, which is almost like I mean, watching I, a multiverse so much we're happens. gonna get an agents of shield don't worry uh, don't you worry so let's i go. like that show too uh yeah i mean there's there had any good audience i mean gosh what is seven season around it, it was one of those shows that every single year they're like are we coming back or what's happening and it like, also like and after like season one <laughs> and it got better it got yes. better as it went oh, on yeah. too. <laughs> Specifically, got better in the first season once they acknowledged uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, it was a show that was good at acknowledging things that happened in the MCU, and the MCU is just like we don't think you exist. Clark, Gregg, very funny. There, he, we killed him off. Don't worry. Check out our interview with the entire cast on the PopBreak.com from many a year ago. Many a year ago. Uh, let's move into the fruitcake, the thing none of us want on Christmas Day, which is tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Christmas Eve when we drop, um, listen, it's weird and gross. And what can I tell you? Um, what didn't work for you guys? What did not work in this episode? And if any of you say Kingpin wearing a Hawaiian shirt and podcast right now, no, <laughs> that worked for me. I that was a bullseye. Um, for Johnny, what didn't work for you in this episode? Oh man. Oh man. I'm trying because I was I was scared about this episode and I think Tyler mentioned it on the fourth one because there were so many things to tie up you're introducing Kingpin you had to show how strong he was like you could just be like oh he's oh he's dead like you know what I mean like (laughs) imagine he just dies at the one arrow shot you're like oh shit I guess he's dead but then you remember oh he's really strong Yeah, that would be ins- that would be insane. I don't know. I-, I feel this is kind of like a little a, a nitpick, but I would say Echo, like Echo mm. and like and-, and Maya, because so much happens. I-, I know, and I thought about this because I'm like, she's getting a show, so it's like you know what I mean. Like, so her not being in this episode and kind of not her and Kazi having like that, like fight exchange where it was kind of a little bit melodramatic it worked for me but at the same time they're like okay we have to get rid of kazi because like uh, maya has a real thing that's coming that she's gonna have to face in the show with consequences that she does at the end of the episode um i would say that um i don't know because because i thought that everything of course like everything wrapped up neatly i didn't think that clint was i I didn't i knew that clint was gonna be home for christmas we needed somebody from the classic marvel to like have a happy ending because we lost cap we lost steve steve rogers we lost tony we lost vision we lost so many people right so like i knew that he was gonna happen uh, that was gonna happen maybe like the you, you know, the Avengers watch stuff. Maybe that sets things off. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, whose watch is it? And I'm like, it's it's Laura's, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't get that. Yeah, so that's my, I, like, I, yeah. I'm going to be on the same wavelength as you. Because, yeah, like, it's a, Laura's, man. Like, do, do we have to string this along? Like, I mean, for me, you know, Bill didn't watch the MCU. So it's just like, I'm just like, okay, so what's the point of this damn watch? And they give it back to Laura. And it's like, She's an agent of Shield. I'm like, all right, 
Yeah, like she, they they talk, they talk the entire season on like con, like she knows about Ronan, she knows all the stuff, and he's like, oh, I have you know, I have to get that watch, and like you're like, who's the watch? Who's that about? I'm like, come on, man, it's Laura. Like <laughs> you're like, I knew like from like you know, you know, how is that she yeah. could suit up, but I mean, freaking is she? Probably not. No, I think it was more of the acknowledgement acknowledgement that she, uh, 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 Linda Caradi, Carad- Cardellini, Cardellini, thank you, um, Velma. Um, she, <laughs> no, uh, I love renowned her. Renowned cast member of Mad Men. Yeah, Mad Men and uh, what's Freaks it called? And uh, dead to Crazy me. Where? Dead to me. Is it dead to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. You're That's dead. my my wife's obsessed with it. So. Um, I think it was just more of acknowledgement of her and, you know, giving more reasoning of like, how did these two meet? It makes more sense that she was an agent of shield. There's also a rumor. Um, well, I, I want to get, I let's save that for the uh, conspiracy. All right. Part. I'll okay. say, we'll I'll say. Can, I, can I say, can I say my fruitcake? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to do my fruitcake. Cause this is going to counteract what I just said before about my bullseye. So I don't think the kingpin of it all worked the best. And, and the way I say that is no, the Hawaiian shirt worked. The fight worked um, like him being in the MCU works. The thing that I needed from this was they should have showed the picture at the end of three and in four, give me the Monica Rambo origin story blip post blip, right? Give me that in an episode with Kingpin, give me what happens when I think he is in daredevil spoilers. I think he ends up in jail at the end of the third season. So show me Kingpin in jail blip. And then like the jail becomes like, you know, something else or whatever, or the jail's empty uh, or filled. And like, it's too filled. So they have to get rid of old people, old uh, people that were there, like in the blip or people, whatever, like, give me a reason Give, give me, show me where he is now. I you're think, already kind of putting him there. I, I know you're going to get that. I think you're going to get that in the Echo series. Yeah, but it's it doesn't work because you don't get it here. Like you're setting up the big bad, and you you're it's it's what whispers, it? it's whispers, and then a picture, and then it's it's him. Like it's him in, in like there's no like why is he the big bad to ninety percent of this audience who's never seen. That's that's probably high, but let's say like seventy percent of this audience has never seen um, Daredevil. This is jarring for them. It has to be. So I think that's where it doesn't work for me. Is like we sh- we could have used a few minutes of like not origin, but like just how is he here? Like why why is he here? Why does Hawkeye know him? Like give me and why- something. And I'm Regina. Go to go back to. Uh, I don't know. It was Regina Tyler said like how he's in the Hawaiian shirt and he's like this high class GQ type. Why is he in this? Like when we think of Kingpin, like okay, I didn't watch much of the the Netflix series, but I remember the comics, and he was always in the penthouse. He had like he was very affluent. Why is he in a warehouse? You know, in like I don't know, you know Washington Heights. Not just because my friend lives there. That's what I'm saying. Like why is he there? You know, why is he in his penthouse? Why is he meeting, uh, you know, Kate's mom there? Like, why isn't he somewhere like you would think a man of this stature, literal and physically, 
be there. And he's like, we need to, and he has that line. We need to remind people this is still my city. And I'm like, okay, is he just newly paroled from jail? Like what's happening here? Like, yeah, you're right. We need that just a little bit of connection. My take is really going to be too, is we, I like her shooting him doesn't uh, echo shooting him. I was just like, Eh, I know he's going to be back. Like, you're not going to kill this guy off that quick. So that didn't, that didn't work as well for me. Cause I'm like, yeah, he's coming back. Like it's a good, powerful moment for echo. But when you think of the Kingpin storyline and how that means for me, the viewer, I'm like, Oh, he's coming back. You don't just drop Kingpin in for two episodes. And then he's, he's dead. This isn't like other Marvel movies where we just, we know we have a bigger point. We have to get to like Kingpin. Isn't that, B, C, D level villain. He's like a B list villain. He's like yeah. a seminal Marvel villain. So mm-hmm. that didn't work for me. And oh, there was one other. Uh, While of, you're thinking of it, my other. Oh, it was. It was, the, it was gonna say it was. The, it's the. It's the watch. We didn't get enough of that. Okay. My other fruitcake, real quick, is the severe lack of pizza dog in this episode. That, <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. I'm just like, well, where is he the whole episode? Just chilling. Just, he's just probably chilling. at the Larker's he house. He needed to walk. Like all of us, he remembered <laughs> the in the house. end. Yeah, but the Larker was there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, real quick to go off Al's point because uh, I thought I thought it was very good, and just to kind of think of another like fruitcake that I had. The relationship between him and Eleanor, like I know I know that Eleanor is bad, obviously, because you you find out that she kills like Armand and stuff like that. But it's like they had a like monetary relationship because Kingpin obviously wanted her money and stuff like that. But I'm like, what else has Eleanor done? Like, it, there has to be more story to that. Yeah. And I knew yeah. in the in the episode, like they were they had that one conversation, and she's like, "Well, okay, our arrangement is done." And he's like, "No," and I'm like. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, why, like, how did Eleanor get even more money? Did she do any criminal activity from, from that? You know what I mean? Like, is there, like, more things that she's done in the past where her and Kingpin are kind of, like, working together? And also, isn't she head of an international security firm? Like, I think that's the implication, have, right? Wouldn't yeah. she have more money than Kingpin anyway? Nah, because he would have. He probably had his hands in making yeah. that. He he probably happen. oversees it. Yeah, or yeah. he probably you know invested or whatever in it to make. That's what I'm saying. Like I think MJ, what, what we're what we're made to believe is that her company is just a part of his empire, yeah. and she's he's she's trying to pull it out. Like I'm, I'm guessing a securities company would be very helpful when you are a, you know a, a kingpin of crime. Kingpin. Yeah. You could you I, could over yeah you kind of just like oversee and surveillance mm-hmm. on everybody and stuff like that yeah, yeah that's, but, that's, and, that's just kind of a nitpick I had yeah and if if you were say you're the security company installing stuff for like say a competitor of Kingpin or someone that he wants to keep an eye on I guess that would be also pretty helpful yeah whoever bought the Avengers Tower maybe he could just be a, a really great and I mean obviously he's not a customer but like he would probably pay her the most for information on these people and to keep that yeah. information secret to exactly. only him. And that's how you wipe out your competitors. And uh, that, I'm going to go with my fruitcake. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically very similar to what Alan Rajani were saying. It's that 
I loved seeing Kingpin again. Again, I'm such a diehard Daredevil fan. I thought those shows were like near perfect. But to get him in this, there's a lot of like Daredevil lore that either is or isn't canonical. And they just didn't explain if he's a variant, if what we saw on Netflix matters. We don't know. I know Vincent D'Onofrio is saying, I played it as though he blipped, but we don't know if that's canonical. And so like, I just, there's just too many unanswered questions that seeing him in this didn't offer. Plus for the like non daredevil initiated, there's a ton in here that probably doesn't make sense. Like he survives getting shot either in the heart or the chest or whatever, because the person who made daredevil's outfit also makes his suits and they are bulletproof or like armored. Now that doesn't explain how he can be hit by a car, but it helps, you know? And there's just a lot there that, is still left unanswered. That said, the scene after Maya leaves where he's really in Kazi's face and he's just saying like, they forgot, she thinks she can quit my job like she works for Goldman Sachs. That's the kingpin we've come to know and love. And I loved seeing it. And I just want to know in what capacity I can expect it going forward. I know we're led to believe he died, but there are, there is a comic arc out there in which this exact thing happens and shocker, he doesn't die. So as a viewer, we're left debating like, okay, is, is Kingpin dead? Yes. That's a bummer. Is Kingpin dead? No, that's no fun either. <laughs> like <'cause we> just <laughs> he's in the spider verse guys. Yeah. So it's, um, he's such a big character. He means so much to people like me who loved Daredevil. And he means so little to people who never watched Daredevil that they didn't do a good enough job servicing either of those two. Yeah. So at a certain point, it's kind of like Vincent D'Onofrio is great. I am captivated every second he's on screen, but what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can make both arguments. Like you can, I think when in first viewing, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I'm just so excited that he's back. But I think just further along, it's just like, all right, well, thematically, does this work? And does this make sense from where we left off with him and where they are going to take him, right? So it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, yeah, we're so excited for him to be back. But what are you doing with him? Like, what is, like, it's cool that he's thrown in here. It's great. It makes sense um where do we go from here now he's the he's basically going to be the street level thanos and this is a pretty good introduction but now we really need to show the non-netflix show watchers like how important this guy is like literally he controls the city um or we need to tell them those aren't canonical but if you want to munch on a little more you can look at them so i think they're canonical i think it makes I think they're going to make it make sense because like time period wise and like, and, and again, as I mentioned earlier on the pod, like they, they took place in a city or in, in New York where, you know, there was the battle of New York and those things happened. So I think they're, and from other things that we've may have seen spoilers, not really. Um, it, it seems that way. <laughs> It yeah. does, and, and nothing would make me happier, but I was, yeah. the place to confirm it, I think, was in this episode, not whenever season one premiere of uh, Echo is, or whatever they're planning yeah. on doing. He's a scroll. ready for my answers. He's a scroll. He also could be, because everyone can be. <laughs> everyone yeah, can be. Every, yeah, with Secret Wars, anybody could be. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I had a big theory about Kingpin and the watch and Ronan. I shared it only with Al via via Facebook. Well, we're going to get into it. I, let's get into that. Oh, you know what? Screw it. I don't care about the, the let's get into our our Christmas story, our conspiracy theories. So what we think is going to happen. Tyler, tell us about your theory about Kingpin, the watch and everything. Well, this didn't quite come to fruition, but I'll, I'll say it here anyway, because I felt real smart last week before when it was all speculation. I thought we were going to learn that Kingpin, whether he blipped or not, uh, or no, he, I think Kingpin, Kingpin didn't blip. And I thought the way that he post Daredevil season three, when he's back off to jail, spoiler alert, uh, the way that he reconsolidated his power and became this powerhouse that we see in Hawkeye episode five was through the use of Ronan. And I thought the watch was going to be what tied him to that. And that the reason Laura has, was so interested in the watch was because she knew how much it implicates her, her husband, how much Kingpin could use it to retaliate against them. Um, but that didn't really come to fruition. <laughs> or it did, we don't know. Do you but remember that, why I shot that down? Like, what was my reasoning? No, I don't. I have the memory of a goldfish. Help me out. No worries. My, my reasoning was... Uh, Clint became Ronan. He became this like assassin because he wanted to basically take out all the people who didn't deserve to be on the planet anymore when his family was just eviscerated. Right. Um, I can't, I couldn't see him working for a former or current Kingpin. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, see clint working for the quote-unquote bad guy i mean i know he was a weapon but he was working for shield it made no sense in my eyes of like oh i'm gonna go kill mob bosses for a mob boss like it doesn't make sense to me i mean he's got with shield gone and everyone blipped he's got to get the intel on where all these bad guys are from stuff. no you're 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 your thing like, made oh, sense. for last you know he's like all right i'll work for this yeah. guy until i kill him uh and yours, and yours made sense he was going to kill Kingpin, but hey, I got this watch and it's really, I don't know, if I press this button, <laughs> here's the exact location of your farm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rajani, any, because I have a couple questions within this segment, but any, you know, post this episode, any theories that you have going forward um, that could we could see in other shows, uh, you know, or going forward in general? I definitely think that we're going to see a lot of a lot more Daredevil than we think in Echo. I, I, I really do. Um, I think that Daredevil and Matt Murdock's character is going to be a huge presence going forward in 2022 because you've got She-Hulk, you got Echo coming, and like there have been reports that you know like he's he's around. So I think that. We're going to see him a lot. We're going to see Kingpin a lot. I know now I'm crossing my fingers for this. Kingpin has a lot of ties to Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. And Spider-Man, they're still doing this dance of, is he still in the MCU? Is he not? We don't know. But he would he would be a great villain uh, because it seems like they're setting up multiple villains at multiple layers because you have Kang who is going crazy and the the whole time continuum multiverse thing and, and he's going to be a big part of uh, yeah. Ant-Man 3. Uh, of course you have the multiverse of madness and whatever that is going on with variants and I, I guess if you watched the trailer today what if it's canon? What if it's definitely canon? Yeah. 
Yeah. So you have that. Reign supreme, man. Yeah. And so you need villains who are on the base level. So Kingpin, I think, is great for that. So I think that he's going to be a congruent thing that throughout these shows where, like, in New York, he's going to try to get his city back. That was very Thanos-like to what, where he said that, where he's like, I lost everything. All right, it's time for me to show people who Kingpin is. Another, another cool thing about, just a little aside too, is that in Daredevil, Kingpin rose to power the first time as a result of all the damage caused by the Battle of New York. And I think, I just thought it was somewhat interesting when he was squaring off with Kate Bishop, we have two characters who really came about due to the Battle of New York, just squaring off with each other. And so now the fact that the blip could be the next, his second wave or whatever, it's, it's all, it, thematically, it's all right there. Yeah. They just haven't done anything with it yet. I'm going to say my conspiracy is that the watch showing agents of shield somehow gives us a soft reboot slash re-entry of shield and agents of it for secret invasion and other shows going forward. We will get a new, I mean, we know Colson is like, they cloned him. So it's just like, we're going to see other agents out there and i wouldn't shock me if we see linda cardellini slotted into one of these parts even for like part-time in a show or going forward i think that you don't flash the shield sign without having a tie i know we're going to see samuel jackson in secret invasion but shield is coming back in some way um we also uh also wasn't uh no never mind forgot i was gonna say emily vanicamp she was like i'm like oh age of 13 i'm like oh wait no that's a whole thing she's uh, a power broker now man she's the power broker, but is power she because she's a scroll or is she um that's a really good theory though yeah but i think like you, you're gonna see shield come back and then you're gonna have um i you know i do think um and this is will be my general question once al gets to his I do think we see a Hawkeye season two. It will be a Kate Bishop um, starring that with Clint Barton in a cameo mentory role, almost, you know, kind of maybe off screen, you know, basically do what Linda Cardellini did was basically acting to nobody. Um, and then uh, I do think we are going to get, my big question is, I don't know, but I think we will get some sort of Yelena and Val something's going to happen there. And I think we're going to see that in the next Hawkeye with Kate Bishop. I think this will be tie into them because you cannot keep those two apart. Those two. Yeah, are that, two. You know what? That's that another was, one of my questions. Where the hell was Val? I know that <laughs> Alex and I were both like, yo, Val is the reason Kingpin, like Kingpin reached out to Val. This is, this is how things happen. I was waiting for her and a potential passing Matt Murdoch reference, not a whole, Rogers the musical uh, moment, which was, listen, it was hilarious and fun, but like, I was like, oh, we could have done a little bit more there, but um, that's uh, mine. Um, Al, what are your, uh, what are your theories going, coming out of this finale? Okay. I think I have a few. So I think Hawkeye season two will take place in California because there's no, there's nothing keeping uh kate here now right her mom's in jail clint doesn't let not live in the city she was away at school not in manhattan like i don't think you need to keep it in the city um the only reason i would keep it in there is for if she's going to make kingpin like if they're going to put kingpin as like a central figure now because they've uh clashed um 
I think that's better left suited for maybe a young Avengers um, miniseries if they end up doing something like that. Put her in California. There's a great um, arc of her going to uh, California. Uh, she was a member of the West Coast Avengers. Like you could do a lot of cool things if you bring her. Uh, and we just don't get to see a lot of California. I think the only other um, California is Ant Man. Yeah. Um, what? Is an Iron Man in California? Yeah. Eh, he's kind of everywhere. Oh, that's a little bit. He's a little bit everywhere. Um, that's one. Um, I think. Um, I think. Linda Carrot 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 Cardellini Cardellini can't I don't know why memory like a goldfish. Um, Linda, <laughs> I think she's a scroll. Just throwing that out there. Um, wow. Yep, that's right. Call my shot. Um, and then the last one. It's a scroll. The last one, I guess, would be. Yeah, I, it probably goes back to Kingpin again, where I don't see him as the main adversary for Hawkeye season two, only because it's it's just he's going to be such a bigger part of Echo and the MCU shows as a whole. Um, you know, again, if they bring back Daredevil in some certain capacity, like that's his dude. And, you know, you can put him in the MCU films as well. As MJ said, like he's a huge adversary for Spider-Man. Like there's so much you could do with him. I just don't think they, they're going to just beat us over the head with him um, with, uh, you know, bringing him back so soon in Hawkeye, if they're also going to be bringing him back in Echo. Um, I want to see, I, I, I would rather see the mom. Like, you know, we, we talked about it a bunch of times of like, like, like make Eleanor Bishop, you know, Madam Mask, um, and kind of ha- make her adversary her mom. I think that'd be really cool. Do that or give us something new. Have it like be a team up between her and, and Yelena for reasons unknown. Like just just more of them because they were uh, a delight. And I saw a lot of love oh, for Yelena on social media. Like like this, you get your new Tony Stark. Like the amount of charisma that she has and like she already is this character. It's, there's no like, kind of finding it right like she's got it she nailed it um the charisma the you know the charm you love to watch her on screen she steals every scene that's tony stark like that's you know it's you know a little different but like it's she's a star like put her in everything even from Haley seinfeld she stole every scene yeah that's mm-hmm. hard to do Very. That char- from from that charm bomb yeah <laughs> okay uh tyler and rajani do we get a do we get a Hawkeye season two? Johnny, after you. Yeah, uh, but it just it'll be like I, like someone said, like it'll be based around Kate and not so much Clint. Clint, I think, you know, it, he's it's a passing of the torch. It's uh, yeah. it's kind of over for him. You know, he's had his issues, and now he's kind of worked them out. He has destroyed the ghost of Ronan and now he could just be home and, and chill out. You know what I mean? Like most of his scroll wife. Like most of his friends are gone. You know what I mean? So I think that like, you know, being home with his family is a perfect happy ending for him. Uh, Tyler. Uh, I'm, I'm totally with, with Johnny. I think, Hawkeye, we said in the fourth episode, Hawkeye is so, or sorry, uh, Clint is so reluctantly a part of this adventure and everything about him gets tied up with a nice little Christmas bow 
that there's just it would just be kind of upsetting to bring him back into the fold in many ways he um deserves to ride off into the sunset he deserves to just be a family man and um there's just there's just not much utility for him other than as a mentor to kate which he can do without suiting up in fact if i do believe we are going to get a hawkeye season two led by kate bishop and i think hawkeye uh clint barton's presence would water it down. We already got the buddy story where he physically is there to teach her. Now we got to see her on her own being the hero that she just became in this season. I think um, a lot, I agree with everything Al said. Um, I think that I think she's going to be maybe like to lead young Avengers. I think we've got um, Con- Contessa. Who's, who's Julie Louise Dreyfus? I'm blanking all That's of a sudden. Contessa. Balance. I think she's very clearly they're teeing her up to make the dark Avengers. And I think we've also got, we've been introduced to like so many young Avengers that I think at some point there's going to be some kind of bad attack. That's going to lead the likes of Kate Bishop to be like, we need our own team. And I think the perfect place to set that up would be season two. I agree. All right, let's get into the pizza dog award, which of course we all know pizza dog who sadly was not featured as much as we wanted to in this episode. And he was called lucky, which I'm just like, that's a bunch of crap. Um, that's his name. I know, but he's pizza dog. Um, lucky the pizza dog. I mean, listen, <laughs> sorry. I'm telling I'm you, calling, I'm calling it by his last name, at least uh, dog oh, pizza dog. Uh, so he's uh, the, he's the goodest boy. So we're going to give it to the best performance of the episode. This is not an easy one. So uh, Tyler, you were shaking your head, so um, I'm going to give it to you first. Sh- shaking my head in like a, ooh, what a tough one kind of way, because it I is know. a tough one. Um, at, there, there's a lot of great answers. I'm going to go ahead as the resident self-proclaimed Daredevil fan and say, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, he delivers on that character so consistently every time. He's such a physically imposing presence. He's such He brings this menacing instability into the room whenever he walks into it. When he's having that conversation with Kazi and you can tell he's losing his temper, he'd love nothing more than to cave this guy's face in just because this guy's in front of him and he's mad. And, you know, if you, he might do it. Um, So I think he did a really good job. I think reading the interviews and seeing that tweet, he takes this character very seriously in a way that I think like, um, you know, Jeremy Renner does a great job. Jeremy Renner is not half as in Clint Barton's head as Vincent D'Onofrio is in Wilson Fisk. And for that, I commend him. And for that, there is a reason. I forget who it was that brought, I think it was Al. You said, like um, J. Jonah Jameson, J. there is no other actor that could play this. And that's such an apt description. And I think for that, for the entire three season run of Daredevil, he deserves all the, all the pizza slices. Uh, for me, it's going to be Florence Pugh. It's it's a layup, but I mean, we I said it last week, said the week before. Much like Haley Steinfeld is just this super complex character, just just doing so much in an episode where she's glib and charismatic and wonderful and hilarious, but then is literally physical and violent and vicious and strikes fear in you, and then is such a sympathetic character at the end because she is wants to kill Clint Barton because she doesn't want to believe her sister got sacrificed herself. She doesn't want to believe that she did. She made that choice because she feels that she left her again. She can't deal with that. But when Clint convinces her, no, she made the choice to save the world and save you. Then she's like, 
you're right. And then she walks off. It's, it's such, um, it's such a hard performance. And I, and she does it in such a way that we compared her, like she's, she's like the new Tony Stark. She's much more in some ways, she's much more reserved than Tony Stark, especially when we get to the emotional part. Like Robert Downey Jr. is a very, very charismatic, sometimes over the top with his performance. Whereas Florence Pugh can, she could be very big with her performance, but I think here when she gets into the smaller, quieter moments is when she's the most impactful. And when she walks away, when she's just hitting him with that rod and then stops and she breaks down, that moment really, really hits you hard because you just realize that, especially just seeing Black Widow and how they had reconnected, like, and just knowing what she's going through, it, it was such a devastating moment. That's why she wins it. And also, she was freaking hilarious throughout the 90% of the rest of the episode. So, uh, Marjani, who's, who is your best performance in the episode? In the episode? Oh, man. Um, it's a tie between Kingpin and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Haley Steinfeld. I think that Haley, not only did Haley, you know, pull off the dramatic moments, especially where she had with, you know, uh, Vera Farmiga uh, and the charismatic moments that she had with Yelena in that one track uh, rotating fight, which I think is phenomenal uh, that they did. Um, she just nailed it the entire series. Like Marvel has done a good job with picking uh, actors and actresses to be synonymous with a character. And now I can't think of Kate Bishop without Haley Steinfeld attached to it. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same way as like Robert, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, like, you know what I mean? Like, and so on and so forth. And yeah, I got to go like Vincent D'Onofrio. It's a teaser to what, like, because like Tyler, I'm a huge fan of Daredevil. It's a teaser to what he can be. If you haven't watched Daredevil, please watch Daredevil, especially now because it's canon. Um, where, like, I think in Daredevil, one of my favorite scenes is uh, the Samaritan thing that he, he's talking about and how he talks before he kills all the cops in the, in the car and in the van, in the back of the van. Um, both of them, I, yeah, is a tie for me. The, the, best uh I, I can't wait man i can't wait to see kate bishop and future stuff and she's a future leader and then vincent d'onofrio like like tyler says like he loves this role you can tell that like when he's when he walks on set he's he's kingpin yeah. he's he's wilson fisk so yeah. alphonse who's your who's your favorite performance I have two quick honorable mentions and I'll get into mine. Is um, the Tony Dalton for killing people with a sword and walking. So honor, honorable mention number one is the LARPers. I thought they were great in this uh, episode specifically. I thought they were great throughout. I thought it was a, a fun little addition, um, a way to bring in help um, at the end. I thought it was a really fun way that they kind of started and got to that point in six episodes and made it make sense. Um, and they were just really great. All of them. My second which I'm surprised Bill has not brought up 
is the the guy from the tracksuit mafia that had to tell Kate mid fight oh, that her advice worked. I yeah. was like, that's the best. That's one of the best payoffs I've ever seen in an MCU show. My, my viewing um, of this episode was interrupted about thirty five yeah. times. So, but yeah, that was an amazing. Yeah, amazing. We went to see what was it, Maroon Five instead. I'm like, yeah, fantastic. Um, I also but, like Kate in that moment when she's like, you know, what's the oh, gun? Good. Kind of they shrugged. Worked. Yeah, just, she's like, okay, we're done talking. Yeah, just, we're done caves his chest in but, but it's also so kate where she's like oh good like like she was happy for the guy that she was about to beat <laughs> up like that's so kate um and then yeah kind of bill um ruined it but yeah uh mr jack Duquesne, the swordsman obviously he had his moment he got to fight bad guys and just just crush with his sword and at the same time be charming as hell the entire time so, i mean again we were talking about perfect casting tony dolan great in everything and i thought he was uh, a welcome addition into the mcu i love also i didn't i didn't get the chance to talk about him the last episode but i love when he gets arrested and he's like it's okay i would have done the same thing like don't worry about it like never worked I'll, a day in my life i'll never work a day in my life i took i'll take care of this like not even like he never had um there was never a moment where he wasn't like truthful like he was always so like it, it was boastful but not too boastful like there was so much charm to him um oh the best and, part was when he's talking to the kid he was like like he yeah, was like blowing yeah. him off and then he's like yeah remember when you peed your pants because i do yeah. and i'm like oh, that was amazing like <laughs> he's so straightforward with people i think that was just like such a great like thing that he brought to the character and again i will say this a million times top three top five whatever you want to say i can even say it might be my favorite show that is currently on television is better call saul and he has a lot to do with that because they are nearing the end he was a late addition i think he was brought in like season five six uh five four or five masterful he is so good on that show um, please watch Better Call Saul. You have time. Do it. It's a great show. It's going to be looked at as like one of the best shows of all time. Um, and it was a spinoff of the best show of all time. <laughs> so it's pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, Tony Dalton. We, Love we the actually, guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Okay. We, we talked about it last on the fourth episode when we didn't quite know if he was a good guy or a bad guy. Mm-hmm. How good of a job he was doing of walking that line. And I'm glad you brought him up in this episode because although he didn't have much to do for the whole series, walking that line as an actor and then the payoff is just that he's an honest guy who ain't quite right. Yeah. Beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah. His, his last line is, oh, balls, I've got blood on me. <laughs> I'm just like, I hope they bring him back. It should. He doesn't need to be in a big part, but like, I would not mind if we see him again. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how they would bring him back like you know um every every kind of like side character that they've brought into the mcu if they're memorable in some way they kind of figure out a way to bring him back i can't see them just saying like let's cast him for this show and not bring him back in some capacity but like you know jimmy woo for instance like great introduction in ant-man uh and the wasp and then they brought him back in WandaVision in an even better role. And from there, fans were like, we want more. Like, we want him doing some X-Files level shit in oh, his own show. Like, amazing. I'm not saying that Jack Duquesne's at that level, but 
I can't see them introducing him here and just saying, all right, well, that's it. He was the boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. Like he's literally a Marvel character. He's the swordsman. Figure out something to do with him because I want to see more. Listen, Jimmy Woo and Jack Duquesne, uh, give me that show. Give me yeah. those guys. Fine. Together. Be amazing. Yeah. Uh, There's so well, many people that I would love to see as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in like the new S.H.I.E.L.D. if they ever do anything. Jimmy Woo, obviously. Um, Marcy. Oh, um, uh, Ant-Man's friend. Uh, Scott Lang's best friend. Oh, I would love to see uh, Luis. Luis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make him an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Do it. <laughs> like, just keep throwing. Just keep making everybody agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That'd be cool. Um, Sword. Sword's a thing. Sword's a thing. Um, there's a lot of organizations. Is it? We got to see damage control again here. That's true. We haven't really brought that up. Damage control's kind of just been lurking. We almost got a damage control TV show. Who is that? Was that was going to happen at one point? I don't. Uh, who was damage control in this episode? Uh, oh, sorry. Am I thinking of Spider Man? Sorry. They brought. They had it in Spider Man, but they've also had it. They had it in both Spider Man. No, they had it in Homecoming. And they had it in uh, No Way Home. So it's kind of, it's it's in uh, the MCU proper, but yeah. I remember No Way Home. It's been a big week for Marvel. It's all blended it's, together. I'm so, yeah. I, my brain's still broken from Spider-Man. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Bill. Take us let's, home. Let's, let's, uh, so we did that. Let's get into our final rating. Of course, what we're going to do is we rate the episode on one to 10 pizza slices. Uh, but guys, we're going to complicate it a little bit this week. Since it's the finale. We're going to rate the episode. Um, give your overall thoughts on the series itself as a whole, if you want to rate it, the series itself. And where does this rank among the, uh, this is the fifth MCU show. We, we, you know, what if is canon. So where does this rank for you? Uh, you know what? I'm going to be a jerk and start first. Um, uh, I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this a nine. Uh, this is this was last week. I'm like, oh, that that's the best episode. No, this was the best episode from knocking down the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree and uh, all of the trick arrows and Tony Dalton slicing people up with swords to moments of really powerful heartbreak and dealing with trauma to the inclusion of Vincent D'Onofrio's amazing performance to the heartbreak of Kate Bishop. Um turning her mom into the wonderful world of Christmas that we end with. Um, it was the right way to end the series uh, season. I should say, let's hope it's not the series. It was the perfect way. It, it, it was, it hit everything you needed. It was, it was sad. It was funny. It was thrilling. And ultimately it ended you on a note of hope, which is kind of what makes great Christmas movies. I mean, we kind of, Alan, I kind of, talk down on it but with it's a wonderful life on our holiday traditions episode but think about that movie it's times funny times very tragic and sad thrilling ultimately it leaves you on a positive note and that's what i think they did here so that's going to give me a nine for this one i'm definitely going to want to go back and rewatch this a few times there's so much fun in this episode um as a series I'm going to give it uh, the, the series itself. I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I like the fact this was a non outside of the first scene where they're showing the, you know, clips from Avengers one, you know, there, this was a street level Marvel series. We didn't have, you know, timey wimey stuff. We didn't have aliens. We didn't have scrolls. Although we think Linda Cardellini is a scroll. Okay. Uh, which very well could be what we didn't have to, we didn't reveal it. We also, I also thought the dog, uh, from uh, that died in one division was the beekeeper, but you know, listen, I have theories and thoughts, and they're all wrong. But 
what I liked about the show was it was street level. There wasn't any of the high sci-fi and fantasy stuff here. It dealt with real things. It was very, very funny and genuine at times. It was thrilling. It had great action. Uh, the effects were mm, not great at times, but they also found a way to tell really compelling, rich storylines with the two female leads in this, with Yelena and Kate. They did such a great job of setting up for the future for those two, while also making bringing up their past, reflecting on how their um, their their motivations for the present and it was just so compelling to watch them together because their chemistry is amazing her Haley steinfeld's chemistry with um jeremy renner was also terrific and we had pizza dog and he was fantastic and i only had to listen to al talk about him for a year and a half so that payoff was worth uh, its weight in gold but hawkeye was i think a great way for marvel to end its year uh on television and if i'm gonna rank this um this will probably be tied for second for me with WandaVision. It's hard because a lot of these are low-key was my favorite. WandaVision, this and Falcon and Winter Soldier all like I, it could depend on the day and I could change which one's one, two or three for me uh, because it's just, you know, I start two, three, four um, so that it could change at the drop of a hat because they're all really good in their own ways. I did have a lot of issues with the ending of WandaVision. We talked about that a year ago, uh, almost. And Falcon and Winter Soldier, I had a, a, it, was, it was a bit long of a series, but that ending was super impactful. I loved it. The Isaiah Bradley character was one of my favorite characters of 2020. Uh, and I hope we see more of that character potentially. Um, and the show is just so much fun. And I just love that it was fun and different from everything else. That's where I'm going to put it. Um, Al, we're going to let our guests close it out. So for you, episode, oh, damn, series, where does this rank in the MCU TV shows for uh, that were released this year for you? So I, I'll i give the episode eight pizza slices. I think outside of my overall problem with kind of shoehorning Kingpin in, I'm still here, guys. Um, besides shoehorning him in, um, I was a fan of him just being there. So, you know, can't be mad at that. The The one thing I would have loved to see just thinking about it now of why this episode doesn't hit a 10 for me or even like a nine, nine, five. There's a lot of talk about like who Hawkeye is to Kate and to other people. And she's saying this to so many people, whether it's Eleanor or Yelena of like, He's a hero. Like he is a hero and he doesn't see that himself. They should have done something during that big fight at the end where there was a crowd, where there was people seeing him be a hero in his costume that he finally has. Like he has his own symbol now, right? That was missing for me. Um, I thought that was a missed opportunity. I feel like if the directors of the first five, because this is the only episode that Bert and Birdie didn't do right. I want to say uh, that. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do the first one either. Okay, Rise I came back. Yeah, I, I don't. I think because of the kingpin of it all, it's probably something that had to get left off the the cutting room floor or whatever. But I would have loved to have seen that um, because it just like I feel like Hawk uh, Clint's story wasn't really finished in that capacity. Like, yeah, he's not Ronan anymore, and he's put that behind him. And I just he didn't get to have that moment of I'm not just the other Avenger. I'm not just the other guy. Um, that would have been cool. So 
yeah, that's where it, um, that's why I give it an eight. And then for this, for the show, I, I would probably put it as second or third for me because it's one of the most, um, like easy watches. Right. So I feel like I can jump into the show whenever, right. If, if, if this was on like cable or whatever, I wouldn't mind watching whatever episode was on. Whereas I feel like WandaVision is a big investment. Loki's a, those two shows are huge investments. And I would even throw Falcon and Winter Soldier up there, which I, I loved every show so far, but I don't think I can watch a random episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and be happy. I have to go and find like those specific moments that I loved. Whereas this, I can put this on whenever, like I love every episode of the show. Um, so yeah, that's probably why it ranks a little higher for me. I want to see more of this. I want to see more easy digestible MCU shows. Like I'm hoping like Miss Marvel has this feel too. Um, they can give me comp, you know, complex shows. Like I love WandaVision. Don't get me wrong, but give me some stuff that I can kind of, you know, check back in on. It's not a, it's not a huge investment of my time. I have to go back and watch everything from the beginning. Um, I can just go jump in and watch the episode I want to watch. So uh, Tyler. Right. Uh, so I'm, re- I'm remembering the categories. It's starting with uh, how does this episode rank? This episode, I would give it, I think I'm going to go with eight pizza slices because I, I give it, I think it's really commendable that going into this episode, I was like, we have too many narrative stories to wrap up. This for for five episodes prior, it was just like, here's a question, here's a new question, here's another question. And this episode did a pretty good job of addressing all of them, and it addressed them through a giant fight scene, which is pretty effing cool. Um, the reason it doesn't get like a nine or a ten is because some of the buttons we put on these uh, uh, storylines weren't amazing. Maya, I think, was you know, just sort of loose loose or quickly uh haphazardly tied up in the end i think um the kingpin stuff it has a lot of problems that i you know really want answered and raises questions that i want answered sooner rather than later um i think very similar to what i believe johnny was saying or al i can't remember um clint's story didn't fully get finished it felt like a lot of clint's presence was in the show entirely was apologizing for things that happened in the MCU prior, apologizing for Ronan, apologizing for having a wife and kids and not being a bachelor in Brooklyn, like the comics, apologizing for what happened with Nat. Um, so, so, such that our title character didn't really get his own real arc on the show. It was all just things related to other people. Um, but, you know, overall, seeing the completion of Haley Steinfeld's, like, amazing origin story, how they put a button on that, just the fact that Kingpin was there, this episode deserves very high marks. Um, as a series overall, I would give it, I think I'm also going to give it an eight for very similar reasons. It's not perfect. I have my gripes with it. I'll tell you what, I love talking about every single gripe I have with it too. It's just, it was a fun factory. It was a charm factory between Florence Pub, between uh, Florence Pub. Why did I go back for it? I don't know it. You, thank you. 
um, Haley Steinfeld, um, you know, Vera Farmiga, uh, Tony Dalton is his name. I'm not a Better Call Saul fan, but I will get on it now. Like, they're, like whoever did the casting was the was the best Archer in this uh, uh, series, uh, like at all. It was. It's just. It's so good. Like Al said, I could dive into any episode and be happy. Um, and it like just it it hits around Christmas. It hits well. Um, it it adapts a comic story that we thought just wasn't going to be adapted, and it does it pretty well. Um, so overall, I'd give it an eight pizza slices. And as for where it ranks in the in the five shows that we've had so far, I think I would probably give it second. Uh, I don't know if I put it second behind Loki or WandaVision, but I do know I put it second because it was just super enjoyable. Um, I know what I just said means one of them would be third, but no, um, it was super enjoyable. It was. Uh, who cares? Yeah, I'm not here to do math, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're journalists, guys. We, we there's a reason we're not mathematicians. Yeah. Um. It, but like, truly, second because it just it hits it hits all the fun notes you want it to hit, and uh, it it expands the canon in so many ways. It expands the MCU in so many ways. There's all of these. Like, I'm so excited about where this franchise is going for the first time since Avengers, for the first time since Defenders even. I'm really excited about where we're going. And I could sit here in this room with you three brilliant nerds talking about this until one of us dies of thirst. It, 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 I'm so excited for the franchise and that's all Hawkeye. So that's me. Johnny, take us home. I'm actually gonna do this in reverse. Uh, I'll say uh, I'll say about the series. It was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna also give it an eight out of ten. I think that it did some things better on the ground level than Falcon and Winter Soldier did, because Falcon and the Winter Soldier, of course, they had the flag smashers and the things about like where the world with no borders worked better, and then also about who the the ownership of Captain America and the Isaiah Bradley story and, you know, U.S. agent story. Those things were compelling, but everything else kind of was just kind of floating, I felt. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye kept it simple. Uh, Hawkeye, you know, it had so many stories. We're bringing Kate in uh, with her story with her mom and also looking up to Clint and Echo and, of course, Kingpin. I just felt like it did so many things better for the MCU ground verse than, like, they... I, I felt, you know, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier was kind of the testing ground, and that's where, like, Hawkeye kind of not perfected it, but made it better. Uh, as for a ranking, kind of going back to what Al was saying... WandaVision and Loki are like obviously like like my two best shows, but they were so they were so complex every week. WandaVision, it was like you had to deal with grief and loss, and also like oh my god, like witches and things, <laughs> things that and you know witches turn out with a pair. Yeah, like this week. <laughs> the dark healed, and and then Loki, it was all about like fate and free will and also like the multiverse splitting up 
this was a great thing to end phase four and Marvel's 2021 on just the nice, like Christmas story of like an old Avenger who's grumpy, who just wants to go home and a, like an aspiring hero who looks up to him despite all his flaws. That, that was just a great way to end it uh, for the episode. I'll also give it an eight out of 10. Um, like I said before, I was very scared because there were so many things to tie up. And Al also had a great point about like, this wasn't, even though Jeremy Rainier's performance was great. And we learned a lot more about Hawkeye that we thought it wasn't really his series. Like he didn't really like, you know, it goes back to what Kate says to him. Your problem is branding. He didn't really get the branding part. No. You know what I mean? Like, he's still kind of like, all right, well, you know, you have Hulk, you have Thor. Oh, there's Hawkeye. He could shoot arrows and stuff. Um, even though it feels better to us, the world still didn't get to see that. Yeah. And, like, I thought that was a great point to him. And it, aside from, like, you know, the King thing, the things, they did things well. You know what I mean? Like, they really did things where it was kind of like that quintessential, like everybody kind of gets a happy ending thing. And it felt earned to me. So like, yeah, I'll go eight out of 10 and back to you, Bill. Well, one, guys, thing, Bill one thing, Bill, I know you're going to close it out. I just, I have to say this. because I'm going to forget this. Here's one thing I want for season two. I also want it to be set during Christmas. I mean, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care if it's LA. I don't care if it's LA. I Christmas, like that. If but make that happen. Time. I, that'd be so cool. I think they should do that where the Hawkeye show is like, it can only be set at Christmas. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's just, let's just make it just get Shane Black to write it at this point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd be great. Yes. That's yes. Why, a thousand times. Yes. Yeah. Guys, this concludes our final review series of 2021. This concludes our Hawkeye review series. Guys, thank you so much. Um, this was a lot of fun. Well, we'd love to have you on, man. And of course, in 2021, there's like, you'll, we talk about this more next week, but like, because we recorded already. So it's like, we're going to be talking Book of Boba Fett um, starting in January. So hopefully these two gentlemen will be, well, if, you know, if their schedule permits, it will be on with us. Uh, there's a lot happening next year. So um, much. Like, I forgot there's a Game of Thrones series next year. You have Peacemaker, you have all the MCU stuff, you have all the Star Wars stuff. Uh, I think I said Stranger Things. If I didn't, it's there. It's, it's coming back in uh, yeah, we have, summer. We have a lot. Where, of course, we're going to talk football. We're going to talk all a bunch of stuff. And, of course, don't forget, guys, episode 100, the Moneyball episode, where we're going to go. Alan, I'm not going to. Next episode, you will hear our plan. It is absolutely bananas, but Done. we're going to make it happen. Yeah. Which means I have to make it happen. Um, but yeah, I know. <laughs> so, guys. Um, where can people find y'all on social media? Tyler, uh, again, thank you for being a part of this. We look forward to working with you in 2022. Merry Christmas to you and your fiance and your family and your two chihuahuas. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I can just be found at, at Tyler McCarthy, T-Y-L-E-R-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y. It's a account just about being Irish and what that's like. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not following you, I will in a second. Oh, we do follow each other. Great. Uh, 
<laughs> Rajani, hey, you, just thank you for having me. This has oh, been a total blast. Thanks, you, guys. You have been a blessing and not a curse. Because I was going to say you're a blessing and a curse. I'm like, no, he's not. He's been great. Um, Rajani, you are one of the most pro- prolific people I know. Uh, tell us where people can find all your work on the internet and where people can find you, follow you on social media as they should. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Marjani Rawls, M-U-R-J-A-N-I-R-A-W-L-S. Of course, writing at Substream, the the, pro, the, the plot, <laughs> the pop break, excuse me. The plot and break. Every, yeah, plot Our break. new literary site, the plot break. <laughs> and our offshoot. Uh, and everywhere else, uh, this was a blast. This was so fun talking theories with you guys. We have, there's a ton of stuff coming out. Like Bill have already went over it. Uh, I don't know how we're gonna MC, MCU, there's no set other than the movies. There's no set thing yet for the Disney Plus series. I'm gonna guess that we're gonna get Moon Knight first and then She Hulk. I um, think Miss Marvel was slated. They said it's gonna be summer. Yeah, that's yeah. Because it, it's like summer, and you're like, because right. like the because the rumor is like they had to redo the special effects for the Embiggen effect. Um, yeah. And of course, uh, Star Wars, we got, you know, uh, Kenobi, we got Cassie and Endor and stuff like that, and Boba Fett. So everybody be safe, enjoy the holidays. Like, of course, I'll see you guys back in, you know, 2022 and stuff. This is a blast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for, thanks for being on, man. And God bless you and your family. Keep safe, keep healthy. Uh, Alfred, um, besides um, being locked in Mortal Kombat, in fantasy football this weekend with me, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me at Al Manorino and at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know why I said it that way, but yeah, you can find me there. Uh, very, very simple. Um, you can also find my stuff, my stuff and this podcast at thepopbreak.com. Thank you both Tyler, MJ for being on this podcast. Uh, love catching up with you. Uh, Tyler, it's 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 two people from two parts of my life um uh working my first job in the city with tyler and uh starting out concert photography with mj me and mj shot a lot of different shows together um so it was great catching up with both of you and having you on the pod and so excited to bring you back on in 2022 as for me I don't know why you, anyone would follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bodkin Writes. I'm not going to tell you my Instagram because it's mostly picture of my kid and just leave me alone. Um, but yeah, I'm at Bodkin Writes. It's mostly talking about wrestling and stuff from thepopbreak.com. Theplotbreak.com. Don't worry about that. It's coming out <laughs> really quick. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, I'm going to bring that up somewhere. Um, the, again, uh, like actually, it's, I'm going to write that out. Um, Thepopbreak.com. We've been doing this for 12 years. Uh, so we are, uh, every single day, we're talking movies, music, television, pro wrestling, anime, comic books, digital trends, all sorts of great stuff. Uh, right now, all your big movies, we got them there. Um, you know, Spider-Man, The Matrix is coming. Uh, you know, West Side Story, all that good stuff. I'm going to be, hopefully, writing a review of Encanto, which is coming out on Disney Plus today. Um, my daughter's favorite movie. Oh, you Great, heard good movie. Good movie. Good movie. You heard her like three times on this podcast and you've heard her for the last two years on this podcast, sometimes more talkative than others. Uh, but yes, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at the pop break. Our Instagram will be a little more populated next year. Going to have someone taking that over and we'll be shooting. Well, 
I would say we would be shooting more shows, but who knows? Uh, so, yes, we're going to be doing all that. Thank you, everyone. If this is the, I mean, we have an episode next week. It's a mini episode, but if you're checking out for the rest of the year, thank you, everyone. The thousands of people that listen to the episodes this year um, from all over the world, including new listeners in the UAE and India. You guys are awesome. I hope you enjoyed me being drunk most of the time on this podcast and now being, you know, in a other altered state of consciousness because he doesn't like to say the thing. He doesn't want me to say the other thing. So for Tyler, Rajani, and Al, this is Bill Bodkin saying, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and enjoy Hawkeye. It was a great series.